0: Welcome to the Rex Chapman Show with super sexy Josh Hopkins, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what we have today, Josh? We have 20, the 2021 NCAA National Championship winning coach. Champions Scott. Scott Homer <laughs> Drew. Scott, welcome.
1: Hey, it's great being on your show. Uh, uh, been a big fan of yours for a long time, and uh love watching you play back in the day.
0: Thanks, buddy, man. I'm so happy for you. Does it sound weird? National championship winning coach. I remember the first time I introduced my girlfriend as my wife, I kind of went, Oh, my wife, that sounds weird. (laughs) But uh, are you used to this yet?
1: (laughs) I'm not used to it, but I tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm really appreciating trying to get used to it. And I love hearing it. And when people say, does that sound weird to you? Are used to it yet? And you're like, each time you hear it, like, man, it's like, it's like, it's like a, a, I don't know what everyone likes for dessert for me, like anything chocolate, like whenever you have something chocolate, it just tastes great. Well, hearing that, uh, and whenever you have a bad day or bad mood since that championship, you just smile and think back to the season. Like you, we, we champs.
0: <laughs> what an unbelievable year. I mean, ups and downs, highs and lows. I, I want to get into all of that and, and, a, and a lot of, of this year, but I want to go way back, you know, um, growing up, I've known of your family uh, my dad was a basketball coach in Owensboro, Kentucky he coached Kentucky Westland college D two program. He always watching basketball with him. He made it a point. If I knew that, I knew who could coach and who couldn't. <laughs> and from the moment he started watching your dad's teams, he was like this Homer drew Rex. You got to see him. He can really coach. And no matter where I go to this day, to many people, I'm still Wayne's son. Are you still, are you still Homer's kid wherever you go? I'm
1: usually Bryce's brother, though. <laughs> and, and, and you know, the funny thing is, uh, uh, my dad's my dad's dad was named Homer, and uh, my brother and I all we wanted to do was make sure we weren't named Homer. You know. So <laughs> anyway, anyway, it's it's better it's better to be Bryce's brother than than Homer's son. All right. <laughs>
0: That's so great, so great, man. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> You I, I was going back over some of your history. You stopped mm-hmm. playing uh, mm-hmm. in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, what went into that decision? Did, <laughs> and, and, and did you feel pressure to play growing up yeah. and, as a son of son of Homer Drew?
1: Yeah. You know, what was great is uh, my dad always involved us in the gym and always got us into a variety of sports. It was quarterback in football. It was shortstop pitcher in baseball. It was uh, not so fun, piano lessons and karate lessons, but, uh, um, tennis, I mean, he, he wanted us doing everything and then he wanted us to gravitate to what we really enjoyed. And, and obviously basketball, uh, uh, I love playing. Um, and, uh, uh, I don't know if, uh, uh, uh I was five one and a half, I think my sophomore year. So that that obviously affected <laughs> things. And at that point, I had to have my uniform specially sewed on to go out, and and, and so I love basketball, but at that point, I was like, if, if I'm going to play anything professionally, it's probably not basketball, so at that point, tennis kind of took over, and the one thing I really always enjoyed was the coaching aspect of, of basketball, and then, so at that point, I started working out my brother's, and actually coached my brother's team and sister's team when I was in college, and, and, and obviously uh, uh, worked on my dad, went to my dad's camps all the time, and worked them, and Uh, probably because my dad uh, uh, and you know being a coach's son if you want to spend any time with your dad it was at the gym because that's where (laughs) he was always at so the good thing is we had a free gym to play at the bad thing is uh, everything we did was basketball and 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 the great thing is my dad did allow me to uh, um, tag along with the team and and uh, uh, I was the guy that uh, uh, probably annoyed some of the players when I was younger but uh, I really learned a lot and I I love going recruiting with him, keeping stats on kids that we'd watch recruiting wise. And then when he would get pulled over for speeding, I thought it was so cool seeing the sirens go off when you're five or six years old. That's your first memory. You know, he didn't probably enjoy it so much, but uh, uh, anyway, uh, cause he did drive fast back in the day, but, uh, uh, <laughs> but, but, but I really just loved being around him. And I thought it was one of the best compliments I could ever give. My dad was going into the profession that, that he chose. And uh, again, most coaches' sons all, all know what it's like, kind of like preacher's kids. It's just a different lifestyle.
0: Absolutely. You know, I was uh, – growing up in the Midwest, it was always, you know, tournament time. You know, it's mm-hmm. really – you just live for tournament time in the South and Midwest. And I think back about what, what were your feelings years ago? Bryce makes one of the biggest shots yeah. in NCAA basketball history. Um, what were your feelings in that moment? Can you, can you even describe that? Well,
1: well, coaching with my dad was an unbelievable joy and a great, great, great honor. especially when you look back, you know, when we get older and we're with our kids and like, when you spend those times and moments with your family, uh, those always resonate and always are special to you, but in, in your profession, if you can celebrate, the best moments in your profession with your family at the same time. I don't know if it gets any better than that. And for my brothers, this this moment really built up for us because his first year we win, we win a, a conference, but there's no automatic bid. The second year we win and we get and, and you go to the NCAA tournament and you just get beat down by Arizona and Tempe. I mean, I didn't want to leave the locker room and go out second half because I think at that time, Arizona's eighth and ninth man was, I think Jason Terry, and uh, uh, they had no walk-ons. I'm like, what put the walk They had no walk-ons, right? So I think A.J. Bramlett or someone was the ninth man. I mean, so we're just getting towards that game. But then the next year you go to the tournament, and we're playing Boston College, and they'd won, I think, the Big East Championship. And my brother's going off first half. They're playing a boxing one on them. And we end up losing in the last few minutes of the game. And it's so you you, you your last chance is a senior year. And you're playing Ole Miss, SEC champ, I believe, and uh, tournament champ. And uh, uh, we end up – it it was a great game back and forth. But then at the very end, you're like, oh, no, here we go. Uh, uh, Ansu Cece at the free throw line, if he makes a free throw, game's uh, basically over. He misses both free throws, 2.5 long pass so you go from coaching career with your brother being done being so close to winning a tournament game in the first time in school's history and you lost that opportunity to all of a sudden he hits that three. He dives on the floor. Now, coaches are always smarter than players, right? The players jump on top of him. The coaches wait and jump on top of the players. So we're not in the bottom of the huddle, but the top <laughs> of the high, you know what I mean? So, yeah, but, but I mean, that's, that that was like the best moment um, because you go from season's over. It's a wrap. You never accomplished your goal of winning a game in the tournament to all of a sudden pandemonium. You end up getting to the sweet 16. And now they whenever they play best moments in NCAA history, you get to relive that. So that that's un, unbelievable. And then the only ba- bad side of that is, you know, in tournaments, if you have good memories, you probably have bad memories. So one of the worst ones was when RJ Hunter's son hits that yes. deep 3 they beat us, but you know, it's, it's a coach's son's family. So I guess <laughs> it's a little more easier to take and and coach Hunter's a great guy. And actually uh, he asked my dad for advice about should my son play for me? And my dad was so wise to tell him yes. And then they turn around and beat us. So uh, I got dad to thank for that
2: one. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) Exactly. This episode is sponsored by BlueChew.com. Rex, BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Oh,
0: well, I don't need it.
2: Me either. I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, uh, a lot of guys our age, you know, might, and this is a spectacular new product for, for the people that need it that aren't us.
0: Yeah, de- that definitely are not us.
2: Yeah, definitely. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections. <laughs> he
0: said erections. It would be awesome if Blue Chew was an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And if it was shipped right to your door in a discreet
2: package? (laughs) Rex, that's exactly what it is. The process is simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. Blue Chew's tablets are chewable, made in the USA, and shipped direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy.
0: So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information.
2: And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use promo code REX at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo rex to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast.
0: What do you got, Josh? You got something for, for, for yeah. Homer Scott, Scott Homer Drew?
2: <laughs> I am. Uh, thanks for being here, Coach. This is really cool. I mean, I know you got a lot of uh, press stuff right now being the champ. So <laughs> it's great for you to take the time here. And excuse me for a bit of a long-winded question, but it is a question. I like your energy by the way <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like yours coach um, hear you after you're coming from a basketball family mm-hmm. and you're idolizing your dad who's an all-time mm-hmm. coach right and then you didn't play you know mm-hmm. you like you said quit in high school mm-hmm. and uh, didn't play college ball but you were a, a manager a student manager mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. two years correct mm-hmm. and uh, correct uh,
1: where were you? So I was a Butler, and the great thing is Barry Collier transformed that program, and he's kind of the architect of Butler. But his two assistants, Thad Mata and Jay John, um, I was able to really learn under. And uh, again, God's plan is always the best, and having a chance to study under them, and uh, uh, to this day, uh, uh, I owe them a lot to uh, my success because I learned a lot from them. And then when I got hired from my dad, I was able to bring that back to my dad. And that was one thing my dad, he knew I, I, he, two things, either law school or coaching. Cause my whole family were either lawyers or coaches, the ones that aren't too smart <laughs> are coaches and the, and the intelligent ones are lawyers. So that's how it worked. And so, so uh, uh, he said, the best thing is you want to coach. We go to Butler, learn something. And then that way, if you want to come back and, uh, and I was a, grad restricted earnings coach but a GA basically for my first year and I was able to actually have some other experience uh, to help my dad so sorry to cut your question off but that I was really blessed to learn under uh, those three three outstanding coaches
2: yeah I didn't know that that's fantastic and it yeah. adds well that's to the story it's like um then you you come up having not played and your little brother mm-hmm. is a stud athlete yeah and you're a little bit overshadowed by he and your father, he hits the shot for that team. It's an all timer moment, I'm sure for your family, but just for the tournament, it's, they Mm -hmm. show it every year. And then you pound the pavement as an assistant for your dad for eight years recruiting. Yeah. Um, That's hard. That's Mm -hmm. hard, hard work. Mm -hmm. Then you have all the pressure of succeeding your dad, who's, Mm -hmm. you know, an icon at the school. Mm -hmm. Then your team doesn't make the tournament that year, and you get a lot of scrutiny for leaving immediately. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you go to Baylor, which mm-hmm. is absolutely in shambles. Probably never a D1 school ever more in shambles. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were on probation. A player on the team murdered another mm-hmm. player on the team. Mm-hmm. And you come in there, um, and 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 uh, what? Uh, you said 36 wins in the first five seasons. Mm-hmm. After that, you drag them to relevance and then then to prominence. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you get to the elite eight two years, and you lose mm-hmm. to the eventual champions both mm-hmm. years, Duke and mm-hmm. Kentucky, 10 and 12. Um, uh, then you bounce in the first round, both 15 and 16. Mm-hmm. And then you know you're – you've heard your detractors at that point are saying like well he's a great guy but he's you know can't he's a great recruiter but kind of rolls the ball out no x's Mm -hmm. and o's lets him play because they get bounced and then in 2020 you have at least the first or second best team probably the best team and COVID, Mm -hmm. and that's all canceled and then this season, you definitely—I mean, you have the best team. It's proven, but mm-hmm. and you know it. And then you're off for three weeks, just yeah. completely discombobulated, mm-hmm. uh, ruins your flow, and you had it going on, you know. And then you come back, and the team's shaky. They're not playing the same defense. Balls aren't going in, and uh, then the whole. St- season you know you're great but your team's kind of overshadowed by the happy-go-lucky Gonzaga story you know the (laughs) the darling of the media (laughs) then you win every game in a single elimination tournament to make it to the championship game against that darling team who you beat to ruin their season and now you're a national champion after all that how does it feel (laughs) I'm tired that was a long journey (laughs) That's amazing. That's a life dedicated amazing. to basketball, and you've reached the pinnacle. You—that's it, got to be so fulfilling.
1: Yeah, yeah well, you I, earned I, it. I—I can tell you, uh, Josh. It, it's great, great, great question as far as the feeling goes. And the, the one thing I can share is whenever you, whenever you've been close, and and especially with the Final Four, like you said, the two elite eights that really made us appreciate getting to the final four that much more. Because when you're mm-hmm. close and you knock and don't get in, and then all of a sudden it takes some time to get back there, you're like, man, you, you, you got to take advantage of those opportunities because they don't come around all the time. I mean, when it was 2010, 2012, you're just assuming, you know what, in another year or two years, we're going to have another chance. And that doesn't always, always happen. Um, the one thing that we have done is uh, uh, we've been really consistent. And since 2008, only us in Kansas in the Power Five have won 18 or more games a year. So really, wow. now this is, that's what, 13 years where you've been the most consistent. And then in the last five years, only four schools, uh, uh, us, Kentucky, uh, uh, Kansas, and Duke, or excuse me, uh, I don't even think Kentucky's in there. I think it's, uh, uh, we're one of four, um, Kansas, Gonzaga, Duke, and Baylor. That's the four that have been at least number one, three out of five seasons. So we've we've been in the last two years, we won more power five games than anybody in the country. So we've been the winningest power five uh, uh, program. So we've been consistent, but you and I know in sports, uh, if you don't win it all, you don't get to a final four, it's close, but no cigar. And the great thing is this team, the first championship in Baylor schools history, only the second in the state, the last one, 1966, Texas Western, uh, Glory Road, the movie. I mean, there's been so many good college teams in the state of Texas and never a championship. So this group will be special when we come back in 15 years, 20 years, 25 years. They're the first to ever do it at Baylor. And the great thing is they're such good people. Um, so blessed as a coach because the head coach is only as good as his staff, only as good as his players. And and what I really uh, um, loved about my dad, my dad, uh, Hall of Fame coach, extremely positive, but he had a great perspective and he understood that leaders got to be humble servants because it's not us. It's about them. And that's you got to have a staff smarter than you. For me, that's not hard to find. And then you got to have great players. And, and we've been able to, to, to be able to bring in great players. And uh, as far as uh, uh, my journey, um, uh, God always uh, has a better plan than we have. Um, uh, Let's say, let's say that uh, uh, if, if I would have not been so small when I was younger, maybe I'd have been a D2, D3 player, NAI player. Those are a lot of great players, but probably don't have a chance to learn under uh, Thad Mata, Barry Collier, and uh, Jay John. And because of that, I probably can't help my dad. And when and with my dad coaching with him all those years at Valpo and uh, when he went there, Digger Phelps said, don't go there. No coach has ever won there. You'll never win there. Um, it's a dead end job. And that excited my dad and motivated my dad. And then taking that blueprint for how he did it to Baylor uh, is something that uh, is, is, is equal to success here. So I, again, owe him uh, so much for all of that as well.
2: Speaking of yeah. that move to Baylor, what were you thinking? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, you know those those winners in Indiana—they make you think. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, uh, obviously prayed about it. I felt led to come to Baylor. I really uh, uh, thought that Baylor, the largest Baptist school in the nation, Valpo was the largest Lutheran school at the nation. Great academic schools, but um, uh, not as much tradition and history. And a chance to go establish that, and I really loved the school's leaders, uh, uh, leadership's vision at the time. They were going to pour a bunch of money and 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 really. Uh, uh, renovate uh, uh, the campus, but it's all about preparing champions for life. It's spiritual growth, it's character formation, it's academic success and basketball. And and that's what I love about college coaching is it's not just basketball, it's all the above. So you get a chance to work with young people and 18 to 22 years old. They're so formative as far as those years go. And what's best for me and our staff is in the summertime when those guys come back from playing pro ball and they talk to our younger guys and they ask us questions about life family situations, whatnot. I mean, uh, um, to have an opportunity to be a part of their lives is such an honor and a privilege and uh, such a blessing. And uh, you you talk about, like, this year and God's timing. We were supposed to play Gonzaga December 5th. We were both in Indianapolis. And Coach Few and I, I mean, game gets canceled, and we both made an agreement at that point because of COVID – you know, if God chooses to play this game on April 5th, we're both good with that, you know? And, <laughs> and, and Gonzaga had an unbelievable year. I love Coach Few, Hall of Fame coach, and and a special accomplishment what they did that, that year. But you know what? If we'd have played December 5th, might not have had the viewership. Uh, number one view game, about 17 million. Most since 2019 NBA game, six finals. Wow.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, you know, it is. <laughs> Coach, uh, <laughs> How do, you, how do you promote that familial atmosphere there with your players and your staff so that they want to come back, you know, and yeah. be a part of the program once they've moved on?
1: Well, I think, I think first and foremost, our staff really does a great job loving our players. And uh, uh, it's not about uh, uh, their, their production on the court as much as their growth as a man. And I think when you, you – we always say in coaching, they don't care what you know until they know how much you care. And, and I think uh, uh, um, our staff does a great job identifying people that fit our program, fit our culture, um, want to come in and be gym rats. A lot of them uh, got a chip on their shoulder because they were undervalued or, or underappreciated as a player. Yeah,
0: what, well, I want to ask that. What does a Baylor, what does a recruit look like for you that you know is a, is a Baylor kid?
1: Well, we'd nice. like him to look like you did back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but obviously they got to have some a- a- athletic potential and ability. But really what, what, we, what we really focus in is fitting our culture, and that's someone that's going to be a, a great teammate and work extremely hard at getting better. And um, there's so many distractions in college and so many uh, opportunities for kids from social media to parties to whatnot that, it, it, as you know, if someone's in there grinding every day, they get better. And really it's about that culture of getting better and iron sharpens iron. So, uh, uh, for us, uh, we, we call it a joy culture, Jesus, others, yourself, but you get guys that love to work, love to get better, love to compete, um, that like one another, um, you can beat a lot of teams and we're, we're, we're around our guys a lot more than we used to because the NCAA rules. So because right. of that, it's really important. We find guys that we want to be around, you know, cause life's too short to spend time with people you don't want to be, with.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> very true. Very true. You know, when you took that job and like, like Josh said, I, I remember like it was yesterday, um, you know, there were there was talk that the program could get the death penalty. It yeah. was in that that bad of shape. You know, what what were the fundamental values that you brought to the that yeah. initial rebuild that you can yeah. look back and go, well, hey, this is this because I know those days. It, you know, forget the other stuff. Those days of losing basketball games, hand over fist, yeah. have to are hard on a coach and his family. Yeah. yeah,
1: when you go into games and you're forty point dogs, you know you got to fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, uh, the first year we had we had between five and seven scholarship players um, because of academic issues, and and um, that means we had a half a team of walk-ons. So talk about a walk on dream. Not only could you be on the team, you actually had a you chance play. to play. Yeah, so I mean, it didn't get any better than that. And then you're playing in the Big 12 and you're facing uh, uh, Rick Barnes at Texas and they got six McDonald's All-Americans. And you're throwing a six-foot junior walk-on ahead and played in four years. You feel good about your chance, you know? And uh, So, so, so uh, uh, with, with us, it, 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 it was really, though, those guys worked so hard that first year. We ended up uh, not finishing last and won three conference games, and then the next year was a struggle as we didn't really have a chance to recruit and uh, build and lost some of those guys, and then it was that third year where we actually had uh, the NCAA penalty of, of no non-conference, and we're the only college team to ever have that, but you know from your I- I- NBA experience, it'd be kind of like not playing a regular season and then all of a sudden showing up to play an NBA uh, uh, playoff game, You know, and, I, and, and for people that don't understand that, it, it, you all drive on a freeway, And cars are going 65 in Texas. We're blessed to go 75. with So you're going 75 and people like Josh get on the ramp. They're going 20, 30, 40. It takes you a while to catch up. So we're practicing all this time, not knowing when we actually get to games, how far behind we're going to be. But now you wait to January to play. Then you go out and you just start getting spanked and you're like, oh. And maybe it'd been better if we just practiced all year, you know? So, <laughs> so so anyway, if anyone's ever in that situation, we will be able to help them out because I can tell them some things that worked, didn't work. Um, but at the end of the year, we were we actually won some games, had some good momentum, and five years into Bay where you're in the NCAA tournament. Now that's an interesting one too, because you know, Joe Lenardi, if he says you're in, you're in, right? Right. So he right. says we're in. So we invite everybody on the Farrell Center floor. It's packed you know, we've only gone to the NCAA tournament once since 1950. And I think that was in 88. So it'd been a minute. So everybody's there and all of a sudden they start going through the names and as they're going through the names, Baylor where they, they forgot about us, you know? So uh, even when you, when you're about when you have an automatic bid after they don't show your name for a while, you're like, wait a minute. They, they, they know we got an automatic <laughs> bid, right? They know we are in, right? They, but so, so you get nervous no matter what. Right. So, and, 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 and we're sitting there, and, and and it gets down to the last name to be called, and and literally when it gets down to the last two or three, I'm thinking, what are we telling all these people? What yeah. are we telling our players? They call our name, the last name, and I'm just telling you, it was <laughs> pandemonium. You would have thought we just, in, in Super Bowl terms, you'd have thought we won the Super Bowl. Place went ruckus went nuts my, my wife we had, we, had, we had my daughter there Mackenzie I forget how old she was I went flying over her hugging <laughs> one of our assistants when they called our name <laughs> so we were so fired up and uh then you get in and then from there uh 2012 you uh uh elite eight lose to Duke who wins it all, And you're like dang we're close to winning it then you play Kentucky and you know your squad it's always got to have 18 McDonald's All-Americans and six pros so um we play we play them and and they were the better team and they they won the national championship but I thought we were second best that year because they played Kansas in the finals we'd actually beaten Kansas in the Big Twelve tournament so you're like really close uh, uh, the next year we did win an NIT championship and uh, one thing is I think there's only ten staffs that ever won uh, um, uh, NIT championship and an NCA championship. Uh, I know I think two of the coaches are from Kentucky, uh, um, um, Joby Hall and uh, uh, Adolph Rupp. So uh, (laughs) at at the same school, so some legends. So it's a hard feat to do. And anyway, you take it, you take it from there. You win the championship now. And uh, uh, again, anytime you get tired. And worn out because, you know, you go straight from uh, championship to parade to to doing uh, uh, exciting things like this. And if you get tired at all, you just say we call these championship problems and we want to be <laughs> <prepared for> championship <laughs> problems. All right.
2: That's right. That's so that's so great. You know, Coach, if we're going to continue this interview, you've got to come out of your shell. <laughs> this is tough. <laughs> I well, want to ask that you, bar high in the yeah.
0: beginning, so I mean I had to
2: go. <laughs> I want to ask you about the construction of this year's team. I'm from Lexington with Rex. So grew up Kentucky fan and just a huge college basketball fan. And last year, when you all were number one, I'm in Austin now where I'm living. When you guys were number one, I went to see you play here against Texas. And I was just yeah. like, what a bunch of grown men. Yeah, that I was just like, these are especially after being a Kentucky fan, and you got a bunch of 19 year olds playing, and I'm like, that are pretty they, talented, that are real yeah. talented. <laughs> it's just a different, but I mean, then I heard they're all coming back the next season. I think you lost one one really good player, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is gonna be they're gonna run through this, and you did, but uh, Macy. He uh, uh, was fourth year guy. He transferred over. He's like 22. Uh, uh, Jared Butler was a two year starter mm-hmm. for you. Right. Um, Mark youngest Be- guy Beidle. that played any minutes was 20. <laughs> or you had the one guy, what's the big guy, six, five. That's like fifth year guy. Uh, Mark vital vital vital. He's he's 24 years old. Yeah. You know, your team, uh, starters were older than the Chicago Bulls mm-hmm. s- starting team. Yeah, I think we're Was playing that- them next week. Yeah, I believe it would be a good game. <laughs> it would be a good game. Yeah. Did you <laughs> consciously do this? Was this like, look, yeah. we're going to do the antithesis of the one and done. We, we're going to start mm. a bunch of grown men. Is that is that mm. the way you wanted to construct the team? Well, I think, I think first
1: of all, um, we'll always – pick what's best for our culture and team and and really there's it could be a 19 or 20 year old it could be an 18 year old it could be a 22 year old uh everyone that you name there are are perfect examples of guys that that fit our culture that that we want to be around every day that we love as people and are great teammates so Davion was a transfer from Auburn and uh didn't didn't score much or play much as a freshman and came in and worked really hard and got a lot better and then uh uh obviously was talented um but he put in the work and he deserves the credit jared butler started in alabama he came to Baylor again a guy that uh, for the first week was guarded by davion and he was like i don't even know if i can dribble the ball anymore because <laughs> you know <laughs> that guy will ruin yeah. your life quick
0: yes and he then, will
2: made then, him a lot better
1: yeah and then and then uh, uh macy oteague was somebody that uh was at unc asheville his coach moved on and when his coach moved on, he, he chose to come here. And, uh, again, a guy that's just a self-made player. And th- what's amazing is all those guys' numbers went up each year they were here. So they got better, and our staff deserves credit because our assistant coaches are phenomenal. Our strength coach, he's been here for 14 years. He does an unbelievable job, and that's why, uh, as Charles Barkley said, everybody knows where the weight room is at, at, at Baylor University. Um, and then Mark Vidal, he committed to us in 2013. So this is a guy that's been bleeding green and gold for eight years, nine years. I mean, so uh, a lot of people invested the year before. You talked about uh, losing Freddie Gillespie and Devonte Bandu. We had a walk-on Obim who stayed and was a GA this year. And when Obim cut down nets, he said, "This is for Devonte and Freddie who were there oh, watching the game." By the way, right? And and uh, uh, Freddie Gillespie, uh, who who was talk about success story. So. He, he, he played a total of, I think, 16 minutes his first year at Division three Carlton College. Wow. Scored, I think, a total of four points. Walks on at Baylor. Ends up becoming all-conference at Baylor. And from now, if you saw the last couple of weeks, he's, he's signed his second 10-day with the Raptors. But he, I think they're 5-2 and two with him. He had five blocks the other day. Um, but a guy that couldn't play in Division three to walking on to where he's at now. So again, uh, I think it, we, we've been blessed with some guys that really embrace and value what we value. Uh, and it starts with hard work and then our great people and teammates that really sacrifice. And, uh, we've had a lot of success because of that. You, you mentioned Texas a year ago, we had that 23 game win streak in a row. And I mean, that was the big 12 record breaking Paul Pierce and, uh, uh, Rafe with friends when they were in Kansas at 96 to 97. Um, so, they dealt with success and showed they could handle success. This year, when we played at Texas, is probably one of our best games, and it's right before the COVID uh, pause, when we were uh, paused for three weeks. And I tell you what, we finished that game, and I was like, "Man, we're pretty good," you know, because Texas was really good. Shot, yeah. did a great job with that squad, and and then you go on a three week pause, and then you come back and you play six games in fourteen days. And Rex, I don't know if you golf now, Josh, I don't know if you golf, but more people golf than play high level basketball. So if you don't putt for 21 days and then you go out and try to putt, you're not a very good putter. Well, right. you can't not practice for 21 days, basically go out, play games. And we were just off and credit our guys. They did a phenomenal job winning games, winning the conference championship, but it wasn't until the big 12 tournament was over where we could actually practice where our defense got back to where it was. And that, that as you know, you're playing half-court basketball it's hard to win if you can get some stops and get in transition and get some easy buckets really opens up things and our defense
0: created so much of our offense well you can get you you, Davion Mitchell Josh do you know Davion's nickname maybe the best nickname in all of basketball all of sports ever what is it coach off night because if he's
1: guarding you you're having an off night
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's
0: great that goes well with that's like the glove that's that's great. Hey coach uh, you know the not only you know in the last 15 or so years uh, have you done what you've done there at Baylor uh, basketball wise but the game of basketball itself has changed. I mean it was a lot different 15 years ago. Um, What are the biggest growth areas schematically that you've made since becoming a head coach uh, to you know at to where the game is now? Yeah
1: great question so uh, Early on, we were just trying to accumulate talent. And one thing I'm sure your dad always preached to you, and my dad did with me a good coach, it's not his system and everybody fits into that. It's what's your, what's your, what's the strength of your players? And then you develop your system to showcase their talents and abilities. And we, we, we started recruiting a lot of taller guys and longer guys and we kind of looked like us in Syracuse uh, we a lot of times we had a 611 three man a 69 three man uh, a 610 three man so we played that that zone and it was an aggressive kind of uh UNLV tark like amoeba zone and that was what we did early on and then from there we we kind of transitioned to where we played zone and man and now we we've we've gone smaller and and a, a much more aggressive man to man um, offensively, uh, you know, back in the day it was motion and then it went to a, a lot of sets and then it went to ball screen and then it went to, uh, uh, continuity ball screen or just, uh, 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 basically your false motion into, a, a, a spread ball screen. Um, so you're constantly changing, evolving. One thing we've always done is try to be on the cutting edge, uh, as far as letting players have freedom to showcase, we, we say at you." we let you be you. So we had, nice. we had like Isaiah Austin at seven, seven, one. He'd get rebounds and lead the break. And people would be like, man, Coach Drew's got no discipline. He's got the center bringing the ball up. Perry Jones is 6'10", 6'11", get the rebound, bring the ball up. And people are like, what is that coach doing? And then all of a sudden, Golden State starts playing that way. And now we look like we knew what we were doing, you know, and like we were just ahead of the curve. So um, I think uh, uh, every year a coach has their players to improve. And every year a coach should improve and our our staff tries to get better. Uh, You learn a lot from uh, uh, the NBA. You learn a lot from other college teams from Europe. I mean, everybody plays basketball and what 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 can help make your team better. You have a lot of areas and avenues to try to to learn that. And then obviously you create your own stuff as well. But um, I I know personally I'm a much better coach today than I was five years ago, 10 years ago. And hopefully I'm a better coach uh, next year and the year after than I am now
2: basketball wise it is amazing that's the mark of a great coach to be able to change your style for your personnel and you 100 percent, you were playing that zone with long guys and then you got these dogs that get up in you and you pressured and went and it's worked out for you but speaking of the the uh, old team how is Isaiah Austin where is he
1: well see that that's what I love about uh, what you talked about uh, Rex earlier about how do you get the guys to come back to and First of all, you have to have staff continuity um, because uh, players don't come back for buildings. They come back for people. And and Coach Tang has been on our staff for uh, 18 years. As long as I have a lot of our coaches have been here for five, 10 plus years. So we all keep in touch with our players. Um, And and with that, um, they come back and uh, uh, um, they give to the to the young guys and they pass their wisdom and knowledge on to them. They work out with them. Uh, and that's a blessing. What we did was with our parade, we had all uh, the past players. And that could be mm-hmm. David Wesley. It could be Brian Skinner, Terry Teagle, Carol Dawson. You know him in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, uh, Dennis Lindsay. Um, all those guys came back and they all walked with their families first in the parade. And the reason they did it is because they were the they were the foundation. And all the, all the hard work they put, uh, put in, allowed the guys on our team now to have the success they have. So, uh, we had them go first and then our coaching staff, and then we had the players ride because, um, they deserve that. So, uh, anyway, it was a great, uh, blessing to have like our families walk in the parade too. And, um, like couldn't, couldn't ask for a better turnout. Uh, seemed like our, most of our players said we didn't know Waco had this many people. Um, but we had people from Houston, Dallas, all over the state. It's only the second championship in the state, and something to be celebrated by everybody. So uh, everybody partook and celebrated in it, and uh, uh, it was an awesome feeling. And coaching is is very similar to parenting. People ask all the time what a coach is doing. I can tell you, if you have three kids, you're like, man, my life is swamped. I got three kids, or I got four kids, right? <laughs> we got we got we got thirteen of them. Then you have one or two walk ons, and then you got fourteen <laughs> GAs and managers. We got big old family. And you know, ah. big old families—you got constant uh, uh, celebrations, trouble, and all else in the middle. So we're constantly uh, 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 keeping busy with our family.
0: That's great, unbelievable, Coach. When when you when you went from uh, Valpo, when you left Valpo to go to Baylor, what's what's one basketball principle that you've you took from your dad uh, mm-hmm. and kept with you always, and what's a life principle that you've taken from your dad? Uh, Great
1: question. Um, uh, The first thing with basketball, there's so many, but if I narrowed it down, um, he he really always did a great job making sure that everyone on the team uh, understood good, better, best. And what I mean by that is uh, there's a good shot. There's a better shot. There's a best shot. It's not a my turn shot or uh, I got to get a shot or necessarily just a heat check shot. And I think that sharing concept, Um, is something that I've always tried to do because uh, uh, shot selection is so critical and you take bad shots. It's the first pass in a a, a transition break the other way. So um, I think that, that the sharing part and shot selections, one thing, the life lesson I took from them is, I'd, I'd get upset because his, his assistant coach, I'd want him calling recruits and he'd spend more time trying to call past, help past players get jobs after they were done playing in the work and world. He's like, I'm like, can you call I, I just got two more references. I got a call for so-and-so. Oh. I'm like, uh, but you know, <laughs> that, 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 that's why, that's why uh, 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 um, I love him so much is because he's all heart and he just, he's so positive and optimistic, but he, he really cares about people and he wants to help them. And now, the irony is, is sometimes I won't make a recruiting call. I'll make a, a reference <laughs> call for someone else and helping them get a job or having an opportunity to move on is, is so rewarding. And we've had uh, our staff, we've been blessed to have so many GAs that are in the NBA in college high school. We've had a uh, uh, similar to what I did in college manager to a GA. And then, We've had so many of our assistant coaches have success. Matthew Driscoll at North Texas, well done a phenomenal job there. Uh, you saw Paul Mills at Oral Roberts in the sweet 16, Grant McCaslin, uh, beat Purdue and North Texas and what they're doing. And then my brother uh, uh, led his third team to the NCAA tournament, Valpo, Vandy, and now GCU for the first time in GCU's history. So uh, uh, a lot of exciting times and on one shining moment, getting to see everybody up there. uh, That was really cool as well.
2: Coach, I've never in my life, I think, ever seen anyone exude passion For something like you are right now for basketball. (laughs) Um, It just comes out of you. You get this is your life's work. Um, You've talked about all your responsibilities, all the kids you have. You know, what do you do to wind down? What do you do to get away from basketball or do you? Yeah.
1: So so the great thing is coffee does help. All right, uh, expressos, <laughs> we, I've, I've, I've added that into the repertoire after we took the team to Italy uh, two years ago. But uh, uh, besides besides that, I tell you what I love to do is I love to uh, my dad, my brother and I uh, some of my best childhood memories. We go fishing for two or three days and uh, uh, we just talk basketball and we fish. So we've done that at Kentucky Lake. That's been one of our hot spots. We've been to French Lake. We've done. I grew up uh, there.
0: Uh, really? Oh, I, grew, I grew up uh, at, uh, on Jonathan Creek at Kentucky Lake.
1: So so I know I know Denny Crum back in the day used to, used to catch him all the time down there too. But uh, So we love to go fishing somewhere and uh, uh, just talk basketball and fish. So um, to me, if I can get a break and do that, there, are, there is a Wednesday night fishing tournament in Lake Waco every week from like 5.30 to 8.30. You get fishing and competition. And you know, as a coach, I'm always going with the same guy who's a bass former bass pro fisherman. So he's putting <laughs> us on fish. It's funny, we win the national championship. We get back, we do the parade, uh, finally get a good night's sleep, go to the bass fishing tournament. We win the tournament and the guy goes, man, that guy's still winning. <laughs> <laughs> My fishing partner said, "What are you doing tomorrow? We need to go to Vegas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Buy a lottery ticket, exactly, exactly." Yeah. Coach uh, Scott Homer Drew, I can't thank you enough for coming and joining us. Please come back uh, if you win it again next year, or maybe maybe we can Kentucky can sneak into the title game next
1: <laughs> year. Well, Coach Coach Cal's done an unbelievable job for basketball, and it's amazing. Um, Uh, what he's done for players uh, rights with the NCA. And uh, uh, he's offered me a lot of great advice uh, uh, throughout the years. So I have so much respect for him and Kentucky fans are amazing. We played there uh, uh, several times. And uh, um, again, I know, uh, you know, all about the the rich tradition there. So uh, if, if you're, if you're just a a farewell fan, you know, Kentucky is going to have a lot of success. And if the, if it's not next year, it's the year after, but it, it happens all the time. We know.
2: Thanks, coach. coach. Uh, thanks so much. I do want to ask you, what's your favorite movie? Oh, that, that I tell you what, now I'm a movie guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Because I like my it.
1: wife, we go on date night and that's the only place that I put the phone down for for two hours now okay. because of COVID. We haven't been there in a minute. But if you're going like coaching wise or like uh, uh, motivation wise, uh, I think our team has watched probably remember the Titans more than any other movie around. Nice. But if you go back in the Valpo days, it would have to be Rocky Hoosiers, Miracle <laughs> and in those back in the day.
2: OK, and then, you, then if you could you, sit,
1: Josh, f- what do you got?
2: Uh I my favorite movie is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. Jack in his prime. Yeah. A little depressing, but I love it. What what about if you could sit front row center to for any performer that dead or alive, you could you sit front row center and just watch the whole show? Who would that be?
1: Oh man, that one's that one's hard because uh, I'm not I I haven't gone to many concerts or done done much of that. Um, Rex, who would you go with? And then I'll think of somebody.
0: You know, I I would go with Prince coach uh, okay. prince is, is somebody you can't go wrong on he's he's done it all he performed he danced uh, he play any instrument yeah okay all right well you, prince it is just take prince <laughs> there you go
2: <laughs> <He sold me.
1: laughs> coach, coach can you repeat so much.
2: can you repeat <laughs>
1: Oh, absolutely. In college basketball, anything can happen. (laughs) So, so, and I, and I mean that in all sincerity, because it's a one game thing. The best teams don't always win in 40 minutes. You don't know what's going to happen. And in the NBA, the best teams do because you play four out of seven. So you get a lot more of a truer champion, but in college basketball, uh, the first step is to get to the tournament. Cause if you get in, you see from the playing teams, look at UCLA. I mean, if there was that much difference teams that want to be in playing games, want to be playing in final fours. And, I mean, that's happened a couple times. not like it's never happened. I mean, VCU. I mean, so really you get in, anything can happen, so you got to get in. Um, but I do like who we're returning. Um, I do like uh, our, our recruits coming in, and uh, we do have the same coaching staff, and I trust them.
0: Fantastic. Great. Hey, Coach, I, I do have – I've got one more question. Uh, anymore, uh, you know, some of the top kids coming out of high school, they're not going to college. Some are going to the G League. Some are going to uh, Australia, Europe to play. What do you see? How do you see this sort of playing out over the next decade with college basketball and the landscape of college basketball?
2: Also, let me throw in there real quickly with the transfer portal as well. Yeah. Like all that. All that. What do you see?
1: Well, I I can tell you. Coaches like to control stuff. So um, <laughs> we,
2: we'd like to know what's going to
1: happen because yeah. then we could plan. And uh, uh, I, I can tell you that uh, um, hopefully after we get some stability, what you would like to see is a player to have a chance to transfer once. But after that transfer time. Um, if it's not this summer to like the following summer when they transfer once, well, now they're, they're locked in because they've been to two schools and, and why is most guys aren't playing in the NBA. So you want to make sure they get a degree. The more schools they transfer to the less chance that happens. The second thing is as a coach, I know selfishly, I, I want to coach people two, three years, four years. Now, if someone's a one and done, that's great. They reach their goals and dreams. Um, but, but again, that's, that's, that's the exception to the rule, all right? There's only thirty first round draft picks, so that's the exception to the rule. So we, we'd like to get it more where, uh, um, you know, once you have them, how long you'll have them for, and then that way you're allowed to coach them as well. And what I mean by that is, Josh, the toughest thing is if you can't get the best of someone or coach them hard enough um, because you're scared that they're going to leave, well, is that really good for them? The second thing is there are 13 guys on scholarship, and last I checked, only five are playing. So eight are sitting. So people got to get used to a role. And you know what, right. Rex, Rex knows from the NBA. When these guys leave college, most of them don't start in the NBA. Most of them are in the G League or back and forth, or they're a reserve role in the NBA. So if that's the case, they got to get used to coming in and off the bench at some point on somehow. But part of also the growth and maturity is that that enables you to work harder and, and then have some empathy for people on the bench. Because most kids have never been on the bench, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and as a teammate, you want to know what that feels like so you can help out your other teammates that are going through that. So, I mean, uh, it, 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 in, a, in a perfect world, uh, again, I think you, you allow players an opportunity to, if they want to go straight out of high school and make money, and that's what they choose to do. I I hope and pray it's it's the right recommendation. And what I mean by that is there's only a handful of guys that can do that, most yeah. of them. Uh, Need to go to college and and get an education, because if you're not going to be able to retire after playing basketball, that college degree really does matter. And it's a lot harder to go back to college when you're 35 years old and you have three kids and you don't have 100 million in the bank because those people aren't going back to college. The ones that are going back to college are the ones that leave early. They don't make it. They grind away. They might make fifty thousand or hundred thousand dollars after thirty-two years old, thirty-three years old. They have a family. They don't have enough saved to where they can take two years, three years to go to college, and then you feel for them. And so again, if you can leave and you can, you can, you can be like LeBron and and guys that that get guaranteed money, that's great. I, I mean, every coach at least that I know is in favor of that what coaches aren't in favor of is guys coming out because they think they're going to get something and then they don't get picked where they think they're going to get picked or they don't get drafted at all. And now the school's mad because they're not back. The kid's mad because he's got nowhere to play. And then, you know what, eight years later, they're done playing five years later, they're done playing. Some of them can't make it overseas. And they don't want to make 30,000 or whatever in the G league. So again, every coach does want to see their kids be successful. So that's a long answer. Um, it's a great, but it's answer. A, great answer. There's some stuff in there too, I guess.
2: That's a great answer. Uh, I got, you got one. a real one coming in next year with that. I think Kendall Brown, the forward kid, coming no, we,
1: in. We, we have a really, really good recruiting class coming in. If you watch the championship game uh, um, of the the Geico tournament, I don't know what it was called this year, yeah, but it was yeah. Mount Verd and Sunrise, two unbelievable programs. And uh, uh, Langston Love played for Mount Verd, and they won it all. He's coming to Baylor. Kendall Brown, he's coming to Baylor from Sunrise. So uh, I guess Langston has bragging rights. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: there <you> coach. Go. <laughs> hey, coach. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up since i Rock the mullet back in the day. When did you know that Matt, when you, when did you know that Matthew Mayer could play basketball like he can and would contribute to your program?
1: Oh, well, in high school, he was, a, he was really a talented player. He didn't have the mullet back then, but we saw the talent back then. And he's somebody, he's somebody that, uh, uh, he can do stuff that we can't teach. Uh, God's just blessed him with that and the things that he can't do, we can, and he's working to get better on those areas, but he's somebody that, uh, 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 hopefully uh, um, when he's done with Baylor is in a great position to make a lot of money in the NBA for a long time. So uh, he's, he's, he's done a great job progressing each and every year and we, we don't win the championship without him or anyone else. And uh, uh, again, uh, uh, I didn't, I didn't mention the, 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 the last recruit, Jeremy Sokan, cause he wasn't in the championship game, but he played at Lalamere another uh, powerhouse team. And so you, you'll like our recruiting class coming in. Uh, next year and then the returning players you all know from the championship and hopefully they do what uh, everyone that's come back each and every year does and that's improved and if they do that then uh, uh, hopefully I get invited back to your show and then uh, we we talk about back to back and then uh, uh, um, we go to work from there Josh how does that sound?
2: That sounds I'm ready to run through a wall for you Ah, Same. Amazing. amazing.
1: <laughs> well, if Rex was a little, a little bit younger. I definitely have him run through a wall for us. So got, uh, I've, day, I've got, i two, two years day, left. So I'm not gonna,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Coach, thank you so much. Come back and join us anytime. You got a stand, you got a standing offer to come back.
1: Appreciate you, And Josh. When we're down in Texas, I know hopefully we'll have fans next year. I look forward to waving to you. So, and I, I and I hope that. you're wearing uh, green and gold too.
2: Yes, sir. <laughs> <I> appreciate
1: you. <laughs> Thanks, coach. Thanks, coach. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Thank you very much
2: for this.
0: Well, Josh, what'd you think of Scott Homer Drew?
2: Wow. He's a little low energy. Uh, <laughs> we well, had to, you know, drag answers out of him.
0: Right. Just, you know, just but wouldn't but besides shut up.
2: That, what a, he's like a, <laughs> what a coaches great guy, isn't
0: he? He's I mean, the great. he
2: lives and breathes it.
0: You, you know what see I mean? Where-
2: he just, you could ask him like, uh, uh, "What kind of car do you have? A car that doesn't trap." I'll tell you that because we need to get going up and down the court and rebound. You're like, "What?"
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, he, he just, he's just—he's such such high energy, uh, just almost too good to to be true. But he's that nice. Everyone says so, and now we got—we got to see it. We got I've to see that. it. I've heard that
2: just—he's just the nicest guy. And well, there you go. Yes.
0: He is he, he, uh, we're we're brand new fans. We were fr- fans before, but now we're now we're great friends of his. And, and fans, right.
2: <laughs> right? That's right. Good friend of mine. <laughs> Scott Drew.
0: Oh my goodness. Well, that was a good one. Guys, that was a lot uh, of fun. next time join us for the Rex Chapman show with super sexy Josh Hopkins powered by basketballnews.com. Please go subscribe. Subscribe. <laughs> go subscribe, <laughs> rate and review and subscribe.
2: Subscribe if you all want. Of it.
0: Subscribe yeah. if you want. Do all of it anyway. I subscribed it
2: in college, some that I got. Nah, <laughs> I subscribe all the time.
0: All right, <laughs> next week, come back, see us then. Subscribe, rate, and review. Later.